Good morning. This is Cornelius. The time is 7.37 a.m. And it's Sunday. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. It actually rained uh, last night, or this morning rather. I woke up around 3.30 a.m. And I was thinking that to stay in bed for a little while. Um, but, you know, when you had adrenaline pumping in you, you got to get up. You know, and I started to think about um, adrenaline and how it's really propelling a lot of people with visions and people who are getting businesses off the ground, who are writing books and how it's really giving us the energy to be able to utilize the creative power to be able to uh, uh, complete uh, and fulfill our wishes so we can become rich ultimately and that's important um, so I have this energy every day and I realize it's not mania it's not insomnia it's not uh, borderline <laughs> it's just adrenaline and, and enthusiasm and I shouldn't look negatively at something that is actually working for me uh, as long as I know how to make it work in my life. So with that said, uh, I have a very interesting tale today. Mm. I have a little bit of my coffee this morning. Mm. <sighs> that helps. At least get me up. Um, it's called the showdown. What I perceive to be real turned out to be not. Though my feelings for Hagar was real and my desires to learn from him was sincere, however, I thought the only way to master myself was to learn from our relationship. The problem was that we were not connecting on a deeper level other than me playing therapist to his overwhelming problems. He was saturated in the negative influences of his own making, carving out his own karmic path leading toward futility. I had enough problems in my own life to be dealing with this with his. He became intensely jealous, demanding all of my attention. I was neglecting my own home, cramming class assignments for being distracted by this relationship. Instead of going home every night after class, I found myself at his studio apartment in the hood, buying weed, buying food, buying his love, all to lose myself in him because the pain of me was too hard to deal with. I saw the red flags and I tried to break it off but he came to my house and begged me to take him back. He would not take no for an answer, and I found myself back in his filthy studio apartment arguing about not cheating. Everywhere we went, we were getting into conflicts with people, and with his karma and my karma combined, it was difficult to sustain a level of balance between us, and I became overwhelmed. I stood by him every step of the way, encouraging him, even introducing him to Buddhism. I felt that he was ready to accept Buddhism because he was searching for something in his life that I knew that he would never find outside of himself. I knew that it would take him it would take time for him to start chanting on his own, so I had created an altar and I enshrined his Gohanzan. He could care less that I was working toward a bachelor's degree. He did not have one, so it did not matter to him that I had goals and aspirations. None of his previous boyfriends were educated, so he never encouraged me to keep going. Since I was no longer able to chant at, his, at my own place for having to be at his place, we would chant together, which made me happy because couples who pray together stay together. Having this hope in mind, I tried not to force him. 
the more I chanted, the angrier he became. I was beginning to think the only reason why he accepted Buddhism was to satisfy me and get back on my good side. But when I realized that he wouldn't take chanting seriously, I started to resent spending so much time with him, and the relationship began to run its course. I had slowed my drinking down, which helped me think more clearly about my decisions, and I felt walking out would be a beneficial to my well-being. Here he was, a beautiful West African in his 30s, and all he ever wanted in his life was love and happiness. At the same time, I was lonely and angry at the world over some perceived withholding of freedom and love, yet I had no one to call my own, so we seemed perfectly matched. But in the end, it wasn't working out. Opening his life up to chanting served as a start served as a starting point to connect his life condition to the causes that made his life that made in his that he has made in his life, but I didn't want to suffer in a relationship. However, all of my listening offering advice to him was the impetus to realizing my own human potential. I realized I was good at encouraging, helping Hagar slowly improve his life, but it would all backfire and lead to us breaking up again. My hopes were that we that he would have a better idea how to cope in his life. How could he not when he had a Gohanzan sitting in his closet? He would call it would call him eventually in the same way that it called me to help him find a sense of purpose through trial and error as he learned the science of cause and effect playing out in his life. He would eventually know the right steps to take, but this process don't begin without purpose and proper intentions. He called me every day since I left, apologizing for his actions, but I was not falling for his tactics to unhinge me. When I expressed myself honestly about the matter, he changed his tone, reverting to calling me names, then denying that he was doing it after I called him out on it. I was familiar with his refusal to acknowledge his contradictions and inability to own up to the toxic words he used against me. Chant for your life, I told him, because his life was in dark and I knew that he could not see himself clearly. Despite my attempt to protect myself from being hurt again, he connivingly managed to crawl back into my life two weeks later, but I was sharper this time around. He called me lashing insults and accusing me of screwing the entire city. He attacked my character and attempted to get under my skin by any means necessary. This evil form of manipulation was affecting me in a profound way because he got me to trust him. Then, like a snake, he bit into my poor skin, injecting his poison into me. With his added karma, I needed to fight twice as hard to shake him off of me while still fighting to find where happiness lied. I knew my blessings were near because the devil was fighting me twice as hard, ensuring that I remained distracted with Hagar and that my eyes stayed in the fog where I could not see. The relationship proved to me that I could not tolerate ignorance. Misguided people and Hagar was no exception. Him having no self-initiative was pulling me down with with him slowly. I wanted to develop a protective agent against this pathogen, making me impermeable to attracting men with low vibrations. However, what I wasn't impermeable to was the ability to feel, and I still felt hurt, and I could not keep it together with Hagar. I realized in order to grow, I needed to allow hurt to enter, and Hagar was helping me to do that, and it made me stronger. By allowing my anger to rise and to reveal itself, I would fortify my faith despite feeling disappointed, um, feeling disappointed things was not working out. It wasn't only his nagging, jealous delusions that caused 
uh, me to break up with him. But our relationship turned physical and I wasn't in the business of domestic violence. But I digress and will explain how it all went down. When I went back to his place, it was routine as usual when I arrived. He smoked some marijuana and then we made love. Afterwards, he talked my ear off till we both fell into each other's arms, drifting into a deep sleep. The next morning, I felt the need to lay down the do's and don'ts in the relationship. But this set him off in the wrong way, and he erupted in anger, creating all this tension and anxiety that I couldn't take. He started raising his voice and stopped listening to me at that point. To make matters worse, he admitted to losing both his seasonal jobs, which meant that I would have to open up my wallet up again. Uh, making sure that he had basic essentials, which basically meant that I would have to support him again. I was over this grown man playing games with his life and trying to involve me in this crap. What broke the camel's back was when he boldly asked me to mail two brand new cell phones to Africa to his father. After I explained to him that I did not want to be involved in his financial affairs, he erupted in theory, claiming no man is going to be screwing him every night and not be doing anything for him. He sounded like one true chicken head, but here I was feeling like a gay sugar daddy to a bitter rent boy. I cannot believe what I was hearing, and I cannot take it anymore. I figured a lot, allowing time apart would make things better and weather the tide, but it was only violent waves, and I was trying to keep from drowning under the tidal waves of insults pouring out of his mouth. I hoped we could start fresh with no drama because he killed me to, it killed me to see him so upset with me over the simplest of things. I could never satisfy him, so I decided that I would walk out again. My anxiety was the roof uh, to the, was to the roof, and something was arguing, urging me to get out of his apartment and never go back. I took off toward the elevator, but it was moving slow, so I quickly darted down the staircase, feeling that he would come chasing after me. Instincts told me that he knew that I would not come back this time, considering he was volatile. I did not know what stunt he would pull. I made it past the lobby and exited the building, feeling relieved to finally be out of his prison chambers. I made it halfway down the block, feeling wiser. I was able to recognize his manipulative games, but suddenly I felt someone grab the sh- my shoulder. I turned, and to my utter shock, it was Hagar, wearing nothing but a towel and flip-flops in 30-degree weather, demanding that I come back inside and talk to him. I snapped and started swinging towards his face, realizing that I was dealing with a deranged person at this point. He refused to let me walk away, saying that he was going to follow me everywhere that I went. I snapped again taking another jab in him but he dodged my blow and my cell phone fell out of my hand into the snow he reached down and grabbed it and run the opposite way but he was too fast to catch the last thing that i i wanted was to be a, the laughing stock at the local precinct after someone reported two africans chasing each other like hyenas one half necked and the other one wearing an african mud cloth trench coat with a chinchilla yushanka hat I gave up the case after the scandal kicked off as he bolted down the snow-covered pavement barefoot. I was mortified that I had my first physical altercation with him, but I could not leave because he cut the corner and was nowhere to be found. I waited for him in front of his apartment building, hoping that he would come to his senses before pneumonia set in. Thirty minutes had passed and still there was no sign of Hagar. How could he stand out on his bare feet in the snow? I had heard of people doing crazy things in the name of love, but this was plain stupid.
After 45 minutes, I was nearly on the verge of giving up and leaving, deciding if I had to buy a new phone, so be it. But I would never come back to its place. I tried flagging pedestrians down on the sidewalk to use their phone, but no one offered the phone to help me. One guy finally stopped and called the police, but they never came. An hour had passed, and I knew that, it was determined, that he was determined to keep my phone, so I headed toward the bus stop to wait for the bus to arrive. Suddenly, I st- spotted who I thought looked like him walking toward his building, wearing an entire outfit with a coat, a cap, gloves, scarf, even snow boots. I cannot believe my eyes. How did he find those clothes and shoes? I was at my end's wits, and I called... I walked in his direction, expecting him to run from me again, but he didn't put up a fight, only handed me my phone as I grabbed it without exchanging a word. I did not ask him where he found the wardrobe. I just had enough and wanted to go back home. As seemingly difficult as it was, I was on a journey of finding my own happiness and finally healing myself, and there was no man important enough to in the world that would compromise my pursuit toward this, towards it. I knew that he would try to contact me again when he wanted to have sex or needed some money for a metro card i thought of changing my number but deep down i did not want to lose contact with him i never been so preoccupied with a man as i was with hagar dealing with his crap turned me off from pursuing another relationship with any time soon relationships require a lot of work and i had enough going on to focus on another man so i hoped this breakup would last longer than two weeks of course, we did not stay apart for long, deciding to go back after a week. It started after he called and asked if he could come to a Buddhist meeting that I was hosting at my place. I felt guilty to deny him the opportunity to learn more about Buddhism, so I obliged. After the meeting, he stuck around and we were able to talk, cry, and understand one another better. I reluctantly followed him back to his place and we made love. The next morning, I rose and left and there was no issue. I thought he was finally realizing how his delusional attitude was affecting me and creating unnecessary conflicts between us. But this this period of peace would only last for a short time, and then he was back to accusing me of screwing other men. I had grew tired of his bipolar personality. One minute he's an angel in love and adores me, and the next minute he's being hateful, cruel, and evil to me. Why would he come to my house and pour his heart out to me, crying and pleading for me to come back, when his real motive was to take advantage of me again? It did not make logical sense, so to protect myself, I could not let him feel that he could come back and control my life on his command. I told him no longer would I go to his place every day, neglecting myself because he is not secure to accept my independence. He was draining my energy and fighting constantly to where I went home in tears. It took so much of my sanity to squander my energy on someone who will not see eye to eye with me over the most minuscule disagreements. After all this breaking up and making up crap, I had finally felt a level of control over my feelings. and I learned to prioritize Hagar in my life. I would no longer allow him to ask me to do anything for him that he cannot do for himself. I made that much clear, and I only hope that he would learn anything. And I only hope that if he had learned anything about me, it is that I was not taking care of him while he refused to work. He had been conditioned to equate sex with support, but there was a cultural difference between an African and a black American. There would be no what's mine is yours dynamic with me. 
monetary support, then I guarantee love. It is only an arrogant attempt to force another human being with a life sentence arrangement that is neither natural nor healthy. I learned that lesson from my mother, that this type of relationship only equates to a form of control, and I did not want to repeat the same cycle with my boyfriends. Relationships are supposed to be about laughing, traveling, living life, and supporting each other's merely exist, uh, not merely existing with a partner simply for the sex and the title. If a man did not allow me to feel independent and inspires me to love and enjoy everything that comes with that, I cannot stick around and I'd rather be single. After all, all this talk about boundaries and respect, it seemed that it all went out the window as his jealousy delusions kicked back in and the prospect of living a single life seemed more desirable to me. And frankly, I didn't want to be in a relationship with Hagar. When we first met, he was another thought whom I had passed to Darren, but Darren had passed syphilis to him, and Hagar blamed me for it uh, to him. So it was reason Darren and I were no longer friends, because he had never informed me that he had contracted it, though he knew that I was sleeping with him. Also, ever since I was paranoid, er- Ever since, I have been paranoid to sleep unprotected outside of our arrangement because I know the damage caused when one chooses to be distrustful and reckless. Now, I did not have to worry about being faithful to him anymore because I was now single and ready to mingle. And that's the end of that. Thank you so much for listening today. And I hope you were fairly entertained by hearing this as I was entertained by experiencing this. I'll see you in the next segment. Goodbye.